Welcome to another installment of the English and Exchange podcast. Today I am joined by Irina, who's a product owner at SJ, and also Nima, a product manager, and finishing up a project at Salion at the moment in time. Today we're here to discuss uh, the balance of business and tech. This is the second round of these podcasts with anything product. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, and Nordic's Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Now, before we go in into any more detail, let's do our generic introductions. Now, Irina, can you kick us off, please? Yes, hi, and thank you for having me here, Chris. Um, so, yeah, as uh, you mentioned, I'm currently at SJ in the role of a business product analyst. And I've been working within the product domain for quite some time, but uh, my background is actually more traditional management consulting. And uh, that's how I got to know products and the roles around the product and got really hooked on that. Um, I think it's very fascinating how we can um, develop and improve our lives with the help of technology. It's not a solution for everything, but there's a lot of things that we can really um, be better at. Uh, so I really, really enjoy the focus of uh, having background in business or traditional business and uh, much less of a tech uh, code background. Uh, I really like finding that balance between business tech and the customer. Uh, and also hopefully we can continue looking more into sustainability as um, as the industry grows. Um, so yeah, that's short about me. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, move on to my second participant, Nima. Care to introduce yourself? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me as well, uh, Chris. And uh, nice to meet you, Arina. Yeah. So uh, my name is uh, Nima Papur, and um, my background is uh, very, very much within uh, product and uh, product management. I've been working in in a few uh, different roles for the last uh, fifteen years or so. Um, very much focused on uh, on the B two B or B two B. To see side of of, uh, of um, payments infrastructure in in, in different uh, roles, both on the, on the provider side um, of things and on uh, the consuming side of of, of these yeah different uh, uh, infrastructures uh, within payments. Um, I've been uh, focusing both uh, you know previously more on on tactical inside of things, uh, you know, delivering on, on, on roadmaps and launching pro uh, products and so on. Uh, and uh, these last uh, few years, I've been working more as a contractor where I've been focusing uh, more on strategic uh, work, uh, delivering on, on, um, yeah, on a wi wider scope uh, with the focus on buy now, pay later uh, and the infrastructure for, for banks and lenders uh, working within that 
products very quickly. Okay, thank you very much, Dave. Uh, well, now we've all sort of understood each other a little bit more. Let's go on to the topic on focus. And um, so I ran over, reached out to each of you, and I know you, you've all had an area um, experience in the area of, of product, and you've all seen the balance between what what's been more important, the the product needs, the tech needs, consumer needs. So this this is what we're going to go into into deep today. Now, each of you brought a question or two uh, to talk. Now, Irina, what we'll do, we'll start with your question. Um, you came to me and, and said uh, you'd like to go deeper into not new de- development in the quotation marks. And no one can see the quotation marks, but they're, they're definitely there. Uh, or a project form of agile development, which we so often would like to pretend does not exist. And do we balance business, tech, and customer there? And we often talk about product in terms of new features, new products, but a lot of product projects is actually rebuilding, changing something that already exists. Love the question, love the phrase. Can you explain a little bit more for me? Yes. Uh, so, so I think that the challenge when we talk about product, and especially when you talk with a little bit more junior people, um, product is all about innovation and creating something new and pretty much started from scratch. You're always building up on what you have, right? At, at least in my experience. And when we look at Agile and all of the frameworks that we have around building products, all of this is around, okay, let's start small and then we build bigger and better and so forth. But in my experience, having worked with a lot of big companies uh, going through huge transformation in the digital world uh, quite often that's not really the case of what you do when you work with products i think people who suffer the most are probably ux and ui designers who really love to start from the scratch not uh, often have to work with what we have um so so that is really what we'd like to do here is talk with you Nehemiah, your reflections in in this area how do we what is your experience on working with projects? Because again, when we talk agile, there shouldn't be a project, right? There shouldn't be any deadline. There shouldn't be, you should just be done whatever you're done and everybody's happy. That is not how majority of corporate world looks like, at least in my experience. There's, not, there's a lot of deadlines. There's a lot of pressure. And yet we're still saying that we're working agile, that we need to develop that product. And with all of that, we have a lot of legacy, a lot of technical depth. Uh, that has to be managed somehow. So we always quite often end up in the position where we do have a project in some form. Um, and uh, within that project, you still, as a product owner manager, want to balance uh, the tech needs, the customer needs, the business needs. Uh, and that is, I think, even harder because most of the time project is being driven by one of those right most of the time either your tech stack is completely outdated and you need to change that system or you're not really able to deliver the customer needs today so there's one huge driver in those projects most of the time so how do we actually balance in those cases uh those three pillars um very open kind of reflecting discussion here I mean, it's a very interesting uh, perspective uh, that you mentioned, and and I think you know I, I kind of agree with, with with your take that you know in in most literature or or any training um, 
you're f talking often about you know starting from scratch and building a product fr from uh, you know creating the first business model canvases etc uh and the reality is is that in in most cases you will come to a product that is already you know existing and you're maybe uh you know in in a different phase of, of a product development it's not the the starting phase it's more maybe of a maintenance phase or even you know coming to some form of a sunset scenario of a product and and then how do you prioritize you know improvements uh so i think it's an always an interesting um you know topic to to discuss and i think it's an important one for a product manager also to be a little bit clear on um you know in which phase of a product's life cycle they are in and what are their goals you know for that phase is it you know rapid expansion of new features or is it more about keeping existing customers you know happy and satisfied uh, what are the general goals of the product? Are we expanding, you know, trying to get reach new users or are we trying to more uh, satisfy existing users? You know, these kinds of different conversations, I think, all uh, should play in uh, in one way or another. I think another aspect maybe that is interesting also to touch on is the conversation around buy versus build, meaning for instance, uh, should 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 we, uh, you know, improve what we have uh, in house, or should we start looking around at what is you know offered in a in a sauce uh, type of ex uh, environment? Is our tech stack, you know, ready uh, or um, or in that set of health say, state, let's say, where we could easily integrate other sauce uh, offerings or products into our um, system and so on so you know that that's a little bit of yeah my, my high level thoughts on on this topic i don't know what's what's your take on that uh i'm i'm gonna answer on the question with a question uh here and just actually <laughs> uh have you have you worked on a project uh kind of product project um scenario where you had a clear goal and how if you can reflect on any of the difficulties of uh, balancing balancing the needs, I can say I've I've been working on um, huge projects for the last uh, couple of years, and that project is purely driven. Well, not it, it's kind of purely driven by business go business needs, but also by the fact that technology stack is super updated. Uh, but in this scenario, we're really struggling to integrate customer needs. Um, because we like we need to go. We have the crazy deadline. We need to go as fast as possible. And you really fight every day for the customer needs and ensuring that we don't sacrifice on those. And that is hard because it is. I think it's three pillars. On one side, we have business, we have tech, and then we do have the customer somewhere in between, which is always the kind of the balancing point. Um, so, so that is my reflection here is really that we're really struggling with. Um, ensuring that we keeping the customer happy along the way because uh, that is i mean super important doesn't doesn't matter if nobody buys the product then the end of the day whatever your product is um all of the changes don't matter so have you had any any experiences where the project had very specific goal in mind that kind of by default undermines any of the 
important pillars and how how did you balance that did you find any tips and tricks that we can share with others excellent uh, excellent question i think uh, yeah i mean Absolutely. I, I have been in those uh, scenarios or similar scenarios, I would say. And I think ultimately you have to always evaluate different initiatives uh, from a perspective of value. Uh, so, so uh, and of course, value could be a value for the customer, which I think, uh, you know, in most business cases will make most sense because as you say, if nobody is using or uh, your product, well, then, then you're probably not you know, creating the right values. But there are other types of scenarios where, uh, for instance, uh, an investment in infrastructure would um, create uh, enable a future uh, value creation for the customer. So if we can, you know, calculate or create a business case where, where an investment in internal uh, systems, let's say, um, would end up with a benefit for the end uh, customers, maybe a bit further down the road or uh, looking at the roadmap, then it could be justified uh, to, to, to invest in the internal improvement. Uh, and, and in regards to, uh, to um, holding the different um, project deadlines and so on, I think it's really important to be clear about the scope, uh, meaning that if, if a deadline is set uh, and that deadline uh, due to different uh, reasons would get uh, changed or let's say from an agile perspective the prioritization would uh, would need to be changed but the deadline is still similar then there needs to be an evaluation of okay what is actually possible to deliver until this, this specific set deadline and what we now deliver uh, does that actually create any kind of value uh, uh, both you know ultimately uh, for, uh, you know preferably I would say for that for the users of a, of a product uh, and if it doesn't then it's really a time to to reevaluate the the purpose of that deadline i would say mm. no it's, i totally agree i think it's it's such a fine act of uh, uh investing in the future and not losing customers and value along the way uh, it's just you you need to build that just perfect curve of keeping them and then in being customers being impressed and uh, improving retention rates and so forth. Um, it's it's a constant battle of uh, value versus effort that as a product owner or manager, you constantly have to battle with. Uh, and the larger the scale, the harder it is because you have to have so many people agreeing on that value, right? And that is very often subjective. Um, and there's so many stakeholders and there's so many perspectives and own agendas as well, that it becomes um, complex material to manage, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, but it's a great question. And I think it is uh, something that is on top of a lot of product managers uh, mind exactly uh, what, what, you know, when it comes to the conversation of, of prioritization, because here you are really, you know, prioritizing one initiative over another uh wh- where it's it's difficult sometimes as you say to to calculate an exact uh, exact value but i think really uh as product managers we need to push for that uh i mean we need to 
you know, take help fr from our colleagues, let's say in sales or, or, or in, in marketing team or wherever we can find that type of support where we can actually try to calculate the value on an initiative based, you know, obviously that it fits the goals of the company. Like uh, if, if, if we have an overall uh, goal to achieve something, does this uh, initiative really support that and what values does it create and how does it support the, the company goals as well? Yeah, totally agree. We, okay, Arena, are you super happy with the response there? I, th I think I think we had a great uh, reflection uh, moment here. Uh, it, it's a it's a very difficult topic. There are no right and wrongs. Um, I just very curious about other people's experiences in this field. Okay, it's good. Now, given the opportunity, say for example, you shot up to CPO level tomorrow. How do you think you would reflect back on this question? I think it's such a difficult... I mean, part of me wants to say, well, we shouldn't have projects. You know, kind of that concept it, it in itself uh, isn't really needed. Uh, yet, at the same time, not having a project makes it so much harder of not of, of not ending up in the scope creep scenarios where we talked about with Nima just recently it's so important to to know why you're doing and what you you need to to do to get to the point um so and and it depends also a lot depends on what kind of product it is that we're managing again back to Nima's reflection like and where are we in the project in the product base are we developing something crazy then I would definitely not have any project form whatsoever or try to um, lobby to not have that or are we managing a mature product that we're trying to just improve and grow our customer satisfaction and retention rates um, but I think in the end of the day one thing that I've learned over my years uh, as a professional is that there's nothing more important that communication and clearly aligned goals um, and I think as a CTO, that is probably the only thing that I would want to and I would need to to focus on. Why are we doing something and what we wanted to achieve with that? Hopefully. Um, and uh, creating the creating the culture of not being able to fail. That I think it has nothing to do with our discussion previously, but I think we have, uh, especially in big corporations, uh, such some sort of perception that if you develop develop some feature it instantly gives you value and um that's just not how it works in my experience so i would like to encourage people to try and try it fast and learn and move on um uh, yeah very not the answer to the question you asked but i'm <laughs> thinking about is, is cpo in general um, yeah, I'm just curious. It, it is always interesting to, to see. I know Nima, you yourself, you were CPO a, a while, for a while while you were at Salion. Uh, uh, did that sort of change your perspective in any such way when you when you when you're looking at this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I, I stepped in as as the interim uh, chief product officer uh, for a period uh, for a quarter and a half, basically. And uh, yeah, of course, that that experience gives you uh, an important perspective uh uh on on you know uh yeah that that it's not easily you know that it, it's a perspective to to work uh, together with in a leadership team uh to to um uh, communicate on on goals set together by by 
in the leadership team um, uh, and try to communicate those out to, to the organization in, in different uh, in different ways. I think the way I handled it or the way I, I tried to approach uh, the issue and and how I think it should uh, you know be done successfully is that if you are working with a team of of uh, talented people uh, like I was very fortunate enough to do. Uh, your main goal becomes to be very clear about the goals and try to make sure that everybody uh, is pulling in the same direction and then um, trusting that that uh, they know their area of expertise uh, probably better than than yourself. So, so that as long as we are all clear on, on where we are pulling, basically, and the, the uh, you know, product designer will be able to uh, take that into effect when they're leading a workshop uh, and the product managers uh, will will take that into accounting when, when prioritizing different uh, um, you know things to do for the next uh, sprints and so on. So I think uh, yeah communication is is a huge uh, piece. I think working uh, a lot together, uh, actually sitting together and and discussing things um, you know, doing everything from from simple post-it to workshops uh these kind of ideas so that you really feel that the questions that people have that they're thinking about has been brought up the conversation needs to be in an in a very un you know non-judgmental uh open uh, open way so that you know quote-unquote stupid ideas can easily be brought up and uh, um, talked about in a, in a professional setting I think those are are some of the keys I would say to 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 success basically aligning everybody in at least within your product organization but preferably with tech with sales yeah. uh, you know okay Un- understood understood well Arina I think we went on a little bit more than we expected there has that sort of summarized quite a few things for you yeah it was really lovely uh, to hear Nemo's reflections uh, and other thoughts it's uh, yeah it's <laughs> It's kind of reassured that we're all face the same challenges and um, often find similar things that work. Um, so that gives us hope for the bright future or the brighter future. <laughs> Love the positivity, right? <laughs> um, okay, well, what we'll do then, Nima, we'll come over to your, your set of questions. And now your first one, you said, how do you manage the trade-off and negotiations between product and tech teams? When they have when their priorities differ and what strategies do you employ to achieve a balanced and collaborative approach to product development lovely worded question very easy to read off for myself <laughs> can you explain a little bit de- in a bit more detail for me please sure i mean in many ways it is you know touching on on what we have already been been talking about this constant uh, battle in some sense between uh, you know uh, creating a, an internal infrastructure where um, you can do bursts of, of development and, and features and so on versus you know living what we have and just fixing fixing it and uh, putting a product out that people use and then you know learn from that and, and improve on top of it so, so that that's kind of like let's say the broad uh, perspective uh, that I was thinking about and and then trying to find that uh, the right balance of okay like what do we need to do in short to ensure that we 
you know, are in a position in, in the future to, to develop when the market develops in a, in a new or, or in a direction uh, versus creating value here and now uh, uh, for, for, uh, for the users, basically. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there is a clear question in there for you, Irina, but uh, if you've had this type of uh, experience, uh, what, what do you feel is, is the, you know, what do you tend to follow? Do you, do you tend to go towards more like uh, um, creating value here and now versus do you prefer to think about things uh, further down the road and prioritize maybe um, things that you think will create a better platform to stand on, for instance? That's an excellent question. And I think it's it's such a, it's one of the hardest jobs of uh, PMs and PUs of balancing this act and and one thing that I can say in my experience that you just cannot do it yourself you really need to be surrounded by people who can who can explain especially for me who I'm 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 enough technical to understand but I'm not I don't have technical background right and I'm also not the most um, I would say not the the earliest one in terms of tech innovation so is there a new language that we're supposed to be using how bad is the language we have that is something that i you know with with years you do get educated on but forward i'm not the one who is sitting and reading online tech forums uh, to learn oh okay guys now it's time to change from whatever we're using um so one of the crucial points is Surround, being surrounded by people who know their stuff and we can communicate that in a nice way. Um, not, nice way is the wrong word. In the, in the way that I can understand, uh, but also being proactive in understanding what does that mean, right? And then balancing that out. Uh, for me personally, I would think if I had to put myself on a scale, I would say I would put myself on the scale of being prepared. I maybe put in a little bit more time to improve here and now uh, than uh, constantly delivering and then and then hitting the, the roads. Um, I think if, if I have to reflect on the decisions that I've made during my career of managing products, but I'd also I will also add that really depends on where you're at. I think uh, what I found myself so I had a, a history of starting a startup, um, which failed, um, of course. Uh, and, and that is really why I think I had to battle with this very kind of in a different level where you have your own money to work with, right? Uh, and of course, you're thinking you're going to be the next big thing. And that's where you want to be, which means that you're preparing yourself for all the possible scenarios on growth and how much you need to be able to manage in the future. But reality is here and there, you don't have a single customer. And reality is here and now, you can pretty much do everything you need to do in PowerPoint, Excel, Google, or any of the other free services or very cheap services that are available. And I think kind of, especially with startups, that question becomes so much more interesting because everybody wants to, it's, the, it's really the fine balance of preparing for the big world domination, but also realizing that all the money and effort that you put right now into this doesn't really matter. And because you might not get there, it, it's not really the problem you're solving here and now. Um, and 
And, that, and so in that case, I would say I would not put any effort in emulating whatever technical solution we should be choosing. It's just whatever works. Uh, I was using those sprays. I don't know if that's actually... You tell me, guys, which language is this. But it's a coffee filter, a straw, and a tape. Have you heard this uh, expression? No. I've not no. had that. I'm curious. It, which is supposed to mean that, you know, it's got a homemade solution of uh, tape and things together and hoping it holds until you make the coffee. Uh, I don't know which language I translated this from. Uh, apparently, it's not English or Swedish. I don't know. But that's gonna, that's that's the phase you're at. And, and that is totally fine. And that is the phase that I, you should be focusing on. You should be focusing on... Or at least I would be focusing on just making sure that we can deliver some value in the least complicated and costly way possible. But as time goes and the company grows, hopefully, then you want to invest a little bit more in the more stable technical stack. But then the question becomes, okay, what we know today, which works today, which is good today, probably won't be that in five, 10 years, right? So you also don't want to be over-invested in something because the the technical development right now is so fast. The innovation happens so fast that there's no real need, I think, either to invest hard on into things. I think the most important thing that we can invest is the ability to change and the ability to maybe switch the modules or whatever you, how you're building your product. But... Now I'm mumbling a little bit here and beautiful political apps in Europe in the balance. But I think in the mature product, I will always try to make sure that we are stable for the future. Uh, but so I was talking about some new funky stuff that we're just trying to get off the ground. Just focus on that. Um, what do you think? No, yeah, very interesting. I think, yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's as you say, it, it depends on, on the different stages of, of the company. But I think also... One one thing uh, that kind of a little bit ties in maybe maybe to the second uh, part of my question was um, I think a lot of companies what they are making a, uh, one mistake that they are making is that they are not necessarily focusing uh, you know th- their development focus feature focus around what their core product is uh, in- instead a lot of time is going into uh, developing. Um, you know things that are auxiliary to their core, uh, uh, um, and, and maybe that that is uh, you know in some situations the right thing to do. And it's a balance, obviously, uh, here between building yourself versus, let's say, buying a feature off the shelf. Some feature, some products and features will have you know will be more mature and more ready for being bought kind of off the shelf. Let's say you probably today would not build two-factor authentication into your product, yet that's probably something you would go out and see what's out there in the market and maybe purchase that. But now that that's just an example that came on top of my head, but I think a lot of companies, you know, instead of building that, putting that development time into building their core platform, core feature, you know, whatever it is, they are spending time building that two-factor authentication. Now, again, that's just an example. I, I, I... that I took, uh, and, and I think here is is the difficult balance because obviously purchasing things from uh, a third party provider, well, it it means uh, you know no maintenance uh, for that uh, feature. 
updates and so on will be managed by that partner, hopefully. Uh, but but at the same time, obviously, it comes at some cost uh, uh, for you uh, as the as the you know company of, of uh, buying this budget. I think that that in many ways the question comes into that. Like, if we build this product ourselves, can we? Do we have the resources first of all to to develop it and build it? Secondly, do we have and do we want to use the resources to maintain this in the future? Does this you know, end up in a team that needs to create bug reports and, and, and update the feature as uh, different standards, uh, ISO standards or whatever, are, are changing over time. And I think not enough companies are putting time into this. And I mean, one reflection I have made on this is that maybe, especially like if you're thinking about startups or, or grow-ups or, 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 you know, the different names that is used today, is that maybe they're not certain of what is their core. They are maybe searching, which is a fine, you know, it's fine. There's a lot of companies and a lot of examples where they have pivoted completely into a new product area, which has turned out to be a success. So that's fine as well. But uh, they're not really certain of what is their core. Uh, and therefore, they are dabbling, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. And as they go along, they are creating this, uh, you know, crumb threads uh, of, of uh, technical debt that they are leaving in the platform uh, he here and there without any proper cleanup. And you end up with some form of a uh, Frankenstein scenario uh, down the road wh where things are mm, patched together with the filter and the straw or, or, or whatever. <laughs> so, so, so I think, uh, you know, uh, really having this cl clear vision of what it is, what problem is it that you're solving? Who is it that you're solving for? Uh, helps so much um, in all types of decisions that needs to be taken uh, from these, let's say, prioritizations uh, to in really what should we step into and, and what should we stay very clear of? And yeah. Well, totally agree. I mean, with the definition of a problem, it, it, it's, it's such a basic thing that we seem to be talking every day and yet I see it every day that it's not really defined and we don't really know what problem we're trying to solve here or the problem doesn't align with the business goals at all and then you're like why are we doing this um, but on the discussion where you that you touched upon on should we buy a service uh, or should we build ourselves I think that's a completely separate three days discussion because it's such a it, it, it's such an interesting topic and i think as many people there is there's so many opinions um and uh and somehow we seem to make it wrong quite often now uh, that is i think we should i don't know we should go in there today because it's really a separate topic uh but um I definitely agree on the problem definition and then trying to, to solve that. And there are different ways of looking at the problem, right? Uh, but uh, that is so crucial for for the whole thing to work. Again, if we're talking about project uh, form, you also need to have what are we trying to achieve? Uh, what, how do we measure our success here? Uh, apart from time and money, which is traditional project. Um, yeah, uh, totally agree. Okay, Nima, what would you say, what have you learned from Irina's points back then? 
on your question. No, I think it's uh, it's uh, always interesting to to hear uh, you know somebody else uh, working in the same field uh, uh, and uh, seeing and hearing uh, how much uh, similarities there are in 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 the different um, areas that we're working. Uh, yeah, it's always interesting. I find it to to um, yeah have a have a conversation with a fellow colleague, basically. Sorry, I put you on the spot then, didn't I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> keeping your toes, keeping your toes. Right, Liam, are you happy for us to move on to the next question or would you prefer to stay on this one for a little bit longer? No, man, I, I think in, in many ways we have covered both questions. I think uh, well, if, if you want to, uh, we can uh, read the second one, but in, in many ways, I think the whole conversation we've had has been flowing in into the different topics uh, so yeah yeah well j- j- just for the sake of the listeners what i would say is um, the second question Nima did bring up was what techniques or processes have you found the most effective for synchronizing product and tech roadmaps ensuring that both product teams um, are working towards the same goals and minimizing potential conflicts in prioritization um, so that was the second question right um uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about at the moment in time? We've got five more minutes. If not, we can call it there, guys. I think and we, we can wrap it up a little bit. The structure in terms of everything that we've talked about uh, is the thing and all of the discussions we've touched about uh, around the same things. And if, if I dare to summarize this, one of the important things is aligning key stakeholders, right? You want to make sure that everybody's uh, on the same page. And at the same time, establishing that that shared goal, um, the problem definition goal, how you want to call that, so everybody is on the same page. Um, then we talked about the importance of understanding each other's perspectives. Uh, when we look at the products, when we look at tech, what are the trade-offs that one or the other decision will out mean for the future of either of the sides uh, and how do we manage that in the least painful ways um we also touched upon that you need to have clear communication channels making sure that you can raise questions uh, issues ideas quote-unquote stupid ideas as emma said um in the safe environment that you have those uh, communication channels established and everybody knows that uh, there is a way to be heard. Uh, the thing that we haven't talked much about is the data, oh yeah, we're actually touching that as well, is uh, data-driven decision-making. Uh, when Unima talks about the fact that you should, as a PM, PMPO, go out there and try to build a case uh, over the feature. Go talk to your marketing team, uh, to the sales team, analytical team, whoever you have at hand. Sometimes you're not that lucky to have all of those resources around that around you, and you need to do the work yourselves. But um, use whoever you have at hand uh, to build that case, um, and always come back to the problem that you're trying to solve. Um, was that a good? Enough. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a good summary. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Nina, how would you summarize it then? No, I, I mean, I, I, if if I wanted to just build on top of what Darina said, I think that was a great, uh, great summary. I, I, I would add just uh, you know uh, the value of having a very clear uh, um, you know company vision, product visions. I think these kind of things in the in 
in the area of communication, in, in, in purpose of alignment, uh, I think those are tremendously valuable uh, to, to uh, uh, yeah, have those clear and continuously com have a conversation around that. Um, I, th I think uh, w also one thing that you mentioned early in the conversation, uh, Arena, that I found interesting was that the you know comparison of saying that you are working agile, but then having to deliver on time uh, time frames and so on. I think uh, you know it's so important that if you are or if you you know claim to be an uh, an agile company, that that is something that is you know, uh, going through the whole company, meaning that uh, when your sales representatives are out there um, meeting customers, writing uh, contracts and, uh, and agreements, that they don't write in, for instance, features into those agreements and setting some dates to them. Because, well, that will hinder uh, an agile company from being an agile company. So, so it's important uh, that the whole organization first of all, understands what Agile is, secondly, actually believes in it, and thirdly, you know, uh, after it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so so I think we've touched on a lot of interesting topics. I hope, uh, you know, the viewers or listeners uh, interesting. I don't know. <laughs> of course they will. Of course they will. So what we'll do then, we'll leave it there. So this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. Um, I'll definitely take this opportunity to say thank you to Irina, Nima. Thank you so much for taking your time out and getting involved. It's been a really good uh, debate between the two of you. If you'd like to get involved, please reach out. You know exactly where I am and I'll see you next time.